0: somehow promote profit.
1: I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system
0: better than me, which is why I alone alone can fix it.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the peddling fiction podcast live once again on a friday afternoon i am broadcasting deep behind enemy lines on a sunny hot beautiful afternoon i am of course your host the voice and soul of so called fiction johnny profita and back with me to enjoy another live episode is justin the one and only hillbilly boy campbell what's going on man happy friday
0: happy friday not too much i was actually worried that i was going to be the one running late because i went out to look at the garden and noticed that uh, some of the plants were looking a little pathetic so i was trying to get everything watered and get some uh did you know that banana peels and coffee grounds act as a very nutrient rich fertilizer that you can spread around the base of your plants and so anyway i had a couple of pathetic looking tomatoes, trying to get some, trying to get some fertilizer put out there for them and get everything watered and and salvage my garden before we get too far into the season.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, um, well, the owners of the place that I've been watching for the last couple of months came back the other night and the old lady said the garden looks great. So I'm going to pat myself on the back. I didn't kill anything. <laughs> the fucking cat is still alive and driving me crazy. And uh, all the plants, they look pretty good. So, yeah, I uh, I learned a lot about uh, watering <laughs> watering plants and uh, soil and shit like that.
0: So you that didn't kill the plants and you didn't kill the cat. You succeeded.
1: Yes. Probably the most responsibility anybody has bestowed upon me in quite some time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, all is good here. I'll be um, I'll be here for about another week. I gotta. So I had a flight back to um, Vallarta next. It was supposed to be June first. I was just looking at it the other day. These fucking airlines, man, it's absolutely ridiculous. The shit that they can get away with. They changed my flight. It was, uh, you know, it was from here to Mexico City, like a two and a half hour layover in Mexico City. And then I'm, I'm in PV by like 1.30, 2 o'clock on the 1st. They changed my flight to the 31st of March or of May with a 20 hour layover <laughs> in Mexico City. And I get in about the same time. So I still get in the same time in PV. Apparently that's OK with them even though i'm leaving the day before the more like 24 hours before i would actually leave and then i sit around for 20 hours in mexico city uh, it's absolutely and they just do it they, they don't like give you like hey you know uh we made changes to your flight you get like an email it like, gets buried and all that shit unbelievable can you even
0: can you even do anything like i mean you're in mexico city for 20 hours can you realistically like leave the airport and go like Spend a few hours sightseeing or anything like that? I would have to because
1: it's overnight. It's 20 20 hours overnight. Um, I suppose I could try to stay in one of the lounges there. I mean, there's one nice lounge in the entire Mexico City airport. And, you know, it's a three-hour time limit. Now, if it's not crowded, after three hours, they'll be like, hey, would you like to stay for another three? They'll re-up you. But, you know, I don't know how many times you can do that. Um, so yeah, I'd have to like rent a uh, get like an Airbnb or something for one night, uh, go out, go to dinner, come back to the air. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous, and they wouldn't let me change it online, so I have to call the airline. That's probably what I'll do after this uh, after this show, call the airline and try to get them to fucking change this flight back to something a little more reasonable.
0: That's insane. I mean I, I yeah. like a decent lay I like a, I like a decent layover uh, whenever I'm traveling you know but only maybe a couple hours nothing,
1: nothing yeah matters. like two to two to four hours I can tolerate anything more than that is like okay but 20 hour you go from a two and a half hour to twenty hours and so you're leaving the day before like what if I had like <laughs> what if I actually had like a life that required me to be here <laughs> for another day? like yeah, I could leave the day before. it doesn't matter um but not everybody can do that and they just assume that oh yeah, we'll just we'll just make it for the day before. It's ridiculous. With,
0: there was a there was a decent sized group of us that were traveling. We went to New Orleans for a, a, a conference or something and uh, it was a bunch of younger guys and then I was like the older one in the group I was like early 30s and when uh, when we were coming back from New Orleans, our connecting flight was in Atlanta and we get off the plane and we all got off the same plane and we get off in Atlanta and they're all just like dead sprint across the airport because trying to catch their connecting flight. And they're like, are you not coming? I was like, I got a two hour layover. I'm going to go sit at the bar and drink and chill out. I was like, y'all are the idiots that thought you needed to get back early so you can what go to bed so you can be ready for work tomorrow morning. Like, fuck that. Chill out in the airport. <laughs> like, why, yeah. why are we, why are we running?
1: Well, especially if you have access to these lounges, which are getting way too fucking easy to get access to. They need to make it more exclusive. I'm sick of all these fucking deadbeat lemmings being in my fucking lounge, taking up space. But yeah, these tight layovers, man, like... Uh, when I was trying to book this flight to this flight to Europe, it was like, I couldn't get, I I ranted about this for the Substack. For those of you that subscribe to that, you got a special rant on this topic, but it was like one layover would be, you know, seven hours. And then the other one would be an hour and 15 minutes. And there was two. So it's like your connection in London. If you know, you're leaving from Mexico, it's an overnight flight and you have an hour and 15 minutes when you get there to get your next flight. Like that is just too fast. I'm going to be stressed out about it the whole time. You need at least a couple hours. And yeah, if you don't have to pay uh, airline fucking bar prices, like $22 for a shot of whiskey or something like that, um, I don't mind hanging out there for a few hours. I can definitely do that. And a peace of mind, like traveling makes me very anxious to begin with, and it's stressful. Um, You don't need the added stress of a missed connection or something going wrong and shit like that. Anyway. Well, what's in the, what's in the stack for today?
0: Oh, I don't know. Talking about, uh, well, I guess this would be a good, uh, possibly a good segue talking about anxiety and, you know, the shit that's going on in your brain. Uh, Elon Musk brain implant Neuralink has received FDA approval for human testing. So now they can start putting the, uh, putting the, the, uh, microchip directly into your brain instead of injecting it through a
1: vaccine. Right? Yeah, yeah, the first round of testing was the actual vaccine. (laughs) Um, It it is crazy like the, I mean, the FDA basically has to approve everything now, because of the trials that they went through um, with the vaccine, and they just abandoned all protocol. I don't see how you could with a straight face be like, No, you can't test that on humans you have to at least go through a, a non double blind study for a week or two with eight people. And, uh, and then after that we'll approve it. <laughs> it it's absolutely ridiculous. But this was, I, I was a little surprised to see this headline. Like this is, we're going to start putting shit in people's brains now.
0: So what, so, okay. So what is this, what does it do exactly? Cause I've not paid any attention to, to neural Like, I it's not something that I have a particular interest in at any point in the future. So, um, i just yeah, really, well, I think
1: that's sort of the, one of the scariest aspects of this is we don't really know like the limitations of it. I remember he was on Rogan. He talked a little bit about this and yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what the point of it would be. <laughs> other than like i guess you wouldn't have to be like hey siri can you look this up for me on fucking google or whatever it would just be at like implanted into your brain and you'd be able to access it effortlessly or something
0: ah here we go uh and founded in 2016 Neuralink is developing a small implant chimp that will link the brain to a computer via electrode-laced wires with hopes it might one day treat paralysis and blindness in humans. So we're going to start rewiring yeah. the human brain.
1: Okay. Well, I don't think that's really what their hopes are for. I don't think, the, like, the fucking government or Elon Musk gives a rip about fucking deaf and blind people. <laughs> um, I did just I, I did see some article where, like, this, this one guy was paralyzed and they were able to, uh, like, for, like, 12 years or something. And they were able to fucking rewire him somehow and and he's walking again. But yeah, I, I'm sure there's that's a benefit of it, but that's not that's not the goal here. Absolutely not the goal. Um, and I couldn't imagine trusting any like even just in the free market, like trusting a company enough to put something into my brain and not fuck with it. <laughs> like I don't know, man. They could fucking Uh, shock you or something if they didn't like what you were doing. They could implant fucking thoughts and memories. Like, like, I don't know what the hell they could do to you. It's your goddamn brain, man. They can really mess with you.
0: uh, Uh, So it talks about being able to restore vision for blind people, uh, treating um, paralysis and stuff like that. Like, if they can use a brain trip, a brain chip to reverse paralysis can't they go the other direction like you know it, like the uh like the right, smart right. like the smart cars and stuff where they can they can just uh you know have yeah,
1: shut you have, off <laughs>
0: yeah have on star shut your car off like yeah they,
1: it's like uh your car you're over your carbon emissions for the for the month you just have to fucking lay there now like a vegetable <laughs> uh yeah it's crazy and i don't understand how something in the brain would you know fix paralysis if it was like something wrong with your spine i don't like if you had a crushed spine or something like i don't i don't think a chip is really going to help that but yeah it's uh it's coming up real fast man this stuff is a lot a lot sooner than i anticipated the the fda approving human trial like what have they been testing it on so far
0: the fda will approve anything the the FDA approved some of the uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was either beyond meat or impossible meat, but they had, they had been like, they had spent months and months failing to get FDA approval because they couldn't prove that the, that the chemicals and the shit that they were putting in this stuff was safe. And the FDA finally said, yeah, we'll allow it, which granted there is, (laughs) there is some like nuance to an FDA approval. There's, there's a difference between the FDA saying, yes, this is safe. And the FDA saying, we'll let you make it because you say it's safe. And that's, I think that's what they did with most of the, uh, the fake meat type stuff is they just said, well, you've said that it's safe. So we put the, like, you can sell it. The liability is on you, not us, but, uh, yeah, I mean, well, the FDA the, will just approve anything these days. The liability
1: is never on the FDA. That's one of the fucking problems with having a government entity regulating these things. People put so much faith in them. And there's a lot of videos circulating on, like, TikTok and Instagram and stuff of people, like, reading the ingredients that the FDA approved. Like, they approve just, like, fucking petroleum products and antifreeze and shit that's in your food as long as it's the acceptable amount that they've, you know, as long as it's in small enough quantities. They'll approve it. And then if something goes wrong, it's just like, oh, oops, FDA, you know, messed up. But they're not. It's just because they need more funding. Obviously, they need more people. They need more money. And that's the incentive structure of having the government in charge of things. And if it was a free market entity and you're the, you know, your claim to fame as the company is like making sure that what's in these things is what they say is in them and that they're healthy and they're not going to hurt you and everything like that. And then it turns out that, oh, there's arsenic in there and people are fucking getting uh, like paralyzed or they're dying or something. You're going to go out of business. So you have a much more incentive uh, to regulate these things properly.
0: One important thing to remember is if they say that there is a minimum amount of something that's allowable in whatever the, the product is, then you can rest assured you are getting at the very least that minimal amount, and maybe a little bit more because the only punishment for a little bit more is a fine. So, like uh, when we would when we would do uh, load barges and trucks and stuff when I was in in the grain business, like you're allowed a certain percentage of uh, of what's called foreign material. So if you've got so if you've got like trash. Uh, grain or something that like you can't sell and you can't get rid of you're allowed X percentage of foreign material on on a barge load. So you just trickle that stuff out and run it off into a barge and get rid of it. it Like if you're allowed a 2%, if you're allowed 2% of foreign material and you're not getting at least 1.9% foreign material in your barge, you're losing money like you're costing yourself money so if they say you can have a 0.3 percent arsenic fuck bump that up let's go 0.32 don't you don't skimp
1: well and it's and it's you know 0.3 percent of quality ingredients that you don't have to put in there to the to your point so yeah it's cheaper and it's easier and um it really is unbelievable man fucking fda approval And, and people put so much faith in it and they it's just like how many things have they gotten wrong? How many drugs have been approved that have just like caused like mesothelioma from asbestos? And fucking every 10 years there's like this drug that they previously approved that is like wrecking people's lives.
0: What is it? It's like um hot dogs and spam and, and other like processed meats are allowed to have a certain percentage of like human flesh in them. Um oh. may- like, well, number one why did we have you know a minimum or uh why is there an allowable amount of human flesh period but number two if they're allowing it you know it's going in there like the, yeah just,
1: right it's like some guy some guy just like put his hand in the meat grinder accidentally
0: <laughs>
1: it's like Oops. ah fuck
0: it we'll just blend that batch off and get the percentage down it'll be fine we'll get, it'll be allowable
1: yeah. Yeah. So just a ama- mat like now take that and extrapolate it into something that they're implanting into your body, um, your brain of all things, where it's just like, dude, we have so little understanding of how the brain works <laughs> as it is. It's <laughs> just like I, I, maybe we should figure this whole thing out before, before we start sticking things in there. You know, they say you only use like 10 percent of your brain or something like that. It's like maybe we should figure out why that is and how to use the rest of it instead of uh, just start, like, putting things in there and hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you know, I understand the whole mind over matter thing, but um, if we're rewiring the brain to make a a non-functional body function, like, that seems like there would be something detrimental to that. Like, you know, like, if it's a, a paralysis thing, and they can, like, there's something physically wrong, but they can rewire your brain or that you can walk again or something like I feel like there's going to be actual damage that that does I, I, are we what kind of what what kind of experiments and, and research are they going to be doing on this exactly I, like I
1: don't know, I don't know but I'd like, to, I'd like to meet the people that are volunteering for these studies I think they should have to be vaccinated and boosted just to be on the safe side
0: just just to make sure that nothing nothing bad's going to happen yeah and then if their heart stops beating, they can fire up the neural link and yeah. make it go again. There this, you go. This is, this is the cure for myocarditis. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and all the other um, unspoken side effects from the safe and effective vaccines. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's like, oh, did you get the vaccine? Well, now you need this implant. Now you need this chip in your brain. And that'll help with all those side effects. And in addition, we can completely control everything that you do. All right. You was, know, uh, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, speaking of Elon Musk, uh, you want to talk about Twitter and the.
1: Uh... I do. Yeah, I was just about to segue into that. The, the disastrous um, <laughs> DeSantis coming out party. That Did you watch it live? I did not. You don't watch I it, you listen to it. Yeah, so, you know, we, we kind of talked about this when Tucker Carlson had decided to strike up a deal with Twitter where the Twitter space is just a really bad platform to do things. Like, you can't see anything, and so it's just talking. And this was just a horrible A horrible format for for launching your presidential campaign like not being able to see people it's like you're talking on the phone it was like being on a work call and it had the energy of a work call or just like nobody really wanted to be there and desantis just came off as flat and uncharismatic and boring as hell dude it was shocking how boring it was like forget about all the technical difficulties like even if everything worked to perfection it was just a horrible way of doing it in my opinion
0: and maybe <clears throat> i know that's kind of something that elon has talked about with um uh, bringing on the new ceo and stuff is that he wants to be focused more on on the technical side of of twitter and and i think improving spaces creating a more video centric um uh, option or platform to go along with twitter like i think those are things that he's i think he has a a very high level of ambition to make twitter into a media uh like a media hub where you can get everything that you like a, a go to type of a thing for everything um replace you know replace youtube and and have it be a fully interactive social media platform with video audio you know You can stream your uh, TV shows and Tucker and your news and concerts and do interviews and have like the spaces and everything. Like, I think, I think he has some high levels of ambition with what he wants to do with it. But uh, for now it's, it feels kind of clunky when um, whenever you've got, you know, the DeSantis announcement and stuff like that coming out and, and it doesn't, it doesn't quite go exactly right. Uh, and also, I don't know, it gives the left ammunition because you've got Tucker coming to bring his show to Twitter. You've got DeSantis making his announcement like exclusively with Elon. So it gives the left all of their like, oh, he's an alt right, neo Nazi white supremacist, blah, blah, blah bullshit.
1: Yeah. It, it certainly does that. Uh, I don't see and I know Elon came out on tweet, he's like, any presidential candidate is welcome on this platform or something, but who the fuck is gonna use it after this? It was a it was just an unmitigated disaster by all accounts. I guess for those of you that didn't uh, follow this, they they just had all sorts of technical difficulties once they got up to a certain number of people. Like it was like a couple hundred thousand or something like that. Um, and it just the system just couldn't handle it and so there was like 20 minutes of just um technical difficult like you could hear them talking about how it's not working and what to do and um it interrupted what was already just a, a really bad um, presidential campaign announcement I mean it just had it came out so flat do we have any audio from it no I didn't, should we put. No. Yeah, I don't want to put everybody to sleep, but it was—I sh- I was shocked. I haven't listened to a lot of Desantis, like speeches or anything like that. I would always just see, like, you know, like a a thirty-second clip of him in the media answering a question or defending himself or something like that. And which is, and he's he's fine at doing that. And the things that he's talking about in general, like I agree with a lot of what he's saying. It's just like he he does not have that sort of salesman pitch vibe where he can sell this to people. He's just like giving you uh, policies in a really boring flat way. Uh, It was just, it was really bad. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's the way he always is, or if it was maybe because of the weird format where you're just kind of sitting, talking to yourself, like looking at a blank screen, like that kind of fucks with your energy and your vibe and everything like that's why people want to do this in front of a crowd. Like Trump does these fucking things with huge crowds and music, like comes out to music and everything. And you get, you get energy from that. This is like a fucking business phone call. Like your, your quarterly earnings call or something like that. It was just awful, like an awful format. And it, it came off terrible. I, I think DeSantis is fucking done for man.
0: i I'm not a big fan of Desantis running for president, anyway. I I feel like he should just he should focus on making Florida the most free state humanly possible. Get on every NAACP uh, ADL like hit list of place that people shouldn't go, and and just really like lean into that. Uh, that did you see that the uh, the NAACP? put out like an announcement, a travel warning announcement against the state of Florida that it's not, yeah. that it's not friendly towards uh, gays and uh, or LGBTQ plus and minorities. So if you're, if you're in any of those uh, minority categories, you should stay away from Florida because they're uh, immigrants as well. Like any, anything Anything that the left sure. loves, yeah, even you though Florida's know like half Cuban,
1: or at least Miami is just like basically Cuba, <laughs> right? Yeah, it is unbelievable. Um Yeah, yeah, especially coming from the NAACP. Like, I don't know. Most of the fucking black people I know aren't LGBTQIA plus two S allies or whatever the fucking acronym is. Either they think that's just ridiculous. <laughs> so it's uh, the, the whole thing is just kind of crazy. And I do think the the country would be better off if he just stayed in Florida and, and just we have one, you know, at least one place to go uh, to get away from a lot of this crazy stuff that seems to be sweeping all the major cities in the U.S. You know, what's funny is like I don't even think DeSantis would win Florida <laughs> if he ran. You know, like in the prime, like I think, um, Flor like Floridians want him to stay as the governor, and there's also just a lot of people that love Trump in Florida. So, like, why wouldn't they just want to have Trump as the president and DeSantis as their governor? Like, that would be their fucking wet dream. So he's not even gonna win his own state.
0: That's like I think it was Tho Bishop said it the other day on Twitter. He he said, you know. Uh, 2024 is a revenge campaign and DeSantis is not your revenge candidate. Like he's the, he's the down to earth, like the good, just solid, good on policy, good on like the only real big knock on him is, is foreign policy. Um, his, his positions and some of the things he said foreign policy wise are not so great, but otherwise like he's a, you know a pretty good candidate if you're just looking for like a gener- generally decent human being good candidate but 2024 is not going to be the election of a good candidate it's going to be fuck these motherfuckers let's burn this shit to the ground and that's donald trump like that's that's what he yeah. brings to the to the to the table for that that's it's why rfk is going to He's going to be popular in certain circles. The DNC will never let him get a whiff at a debate stage or or even... I, I don't think they're going to let him... I don't think they're going to let primaries be done legitimately. Not that, not that the Democratic primaries are ever legitimate, but it'll be even less so. Like, they're not going to let RFK get a whiff because RFK is kind of the... He's kind of the, uh, the revenge, like, fuck this candidate from the left. So, like... They're going to mitigate their uh, they're going to mitigate the risk on that. And they're not going to let him even get a, a crack at it. But Trump, all Trump has to do is if he would just at any point say, yeah, project warp speed and pushing the vaccines and the lockdowns was probably a pretty bad idea. And I really regret having done that. Like if he would just let go of his ego and fucking say that line, <laughs>
1: yeah, that would a big... be golden. That's a big ask for Trump or for any fucking politician. Like, have you ever heard a politician apologize or admit wrongdoing? It's never fucking happened. I can't think of one instance where like, yeah, that was a mistake. Unless they're talking about another politic. Like, they shouldn't have done that. They'll never own up to anything. Like, these people are fucking pathetic. And it would be so refreshing to hear. Be like, yeah, listen, like, I got that wrong. I- it's never going to happen again. I learned my lesson. You can well, he even you has
0: the perfect out because it's. Um, did you see the? I, I wish I had it. I, I was looking at it the other day and then I closed it out. Did you see the the articles and stuff where um, where the FDA, Pfizer, and I think it was. Uh, oh shit, maybe Johnson and Johnson. Anyway, I don't. I I don't think it was um, the other one. But anyway. The FDA and the FDA and Pfizer like deliberately covered up the unknowns and the risk of myocarditis and stuff in like the early reporting of stuff like they they knew that it was there and they covered it up when they were like pushing the vaccines out in the early in the early phases. So like Trump even has the out that he can be like, look, they were it giving us bad. Infor- they were giving us bad information. They lied about this stuff. I didn't know. I thought that it was a good thing. And now it turns out that it wasn't because they fucking lied to us. It's their fault that we did all this. Not, you know, he, he has an out. And kind of, yeah.
1: He should have been used to them fucking lying to him by then though. (laughs) Like everybody had been lying to him about everything, his entire presidency. You, but yeah, he should have fucking known better, but yeah, you're, you're kind of right. Like he could take responsibility and still pawn off a lot of it on, on the establishment and big pharma. And yeah, just promise to be better. And that would go a long way with vote. Just a little bit of fucking honesty would be so refreshing. And uh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's a really good point by uh, Tho Bishop that this is a revenge. This is a revenge thing. And he, and he's definitely the guy that um, Republicans would want in there for that sort of campaign. It's going to be a very interesting next couple of years with, uh, you know, I was thinking with the, um, with kennedy you know the timing of him like let's say he did become by some miracle he he wins the nomination and the presidency and then you have like this big push for uh like central bank digital currencies and then he could like sort of take up the reins that uh jfk did fighting the fucking federal reserve and uh probably get that convertible ride through texas (laughs) Oh man, that would be,
0: that would be interesting. That would make for, that would make for good political theater, if nothing else.
1: Yeah. And well, and he's from what I've, I've listened to him talk about, like he would not go for that kind of thing. You know, he has a, he has a pretty good head on his shoulders when it comes to a lot of things. I mean, he, he is still a a fucking Democrat, so there's that, but, (laughs) um, Nobody, nobody's been as red pilled on the fucking deep state and CIA than the fucking Kennedy's.
0: He isn't great on gun control and certain other things like that. I have some, I do have some, uh, some, uh, hesitate, hesitations with, with RFK, but like, like I've said for, I've said for a very long time, I, I can't remember the last time I actually voted for a Democrat who wasn't like a, personal friend in like a local election or something. Uh, like I've said for a long time, like I really do wish the Democrats had a reasonable, like sound policy type of a candidate because I would vote for them in a heartbeat, but they just, they don't, they never do. There's always some like crazed nut job that can't come up with anything uh, reasonable to say like, like Tulsi Gabbard in, what was it? 2016 or 2020. It's like, yeah, I mean, if they if they actually gave her the nomination i would it would be the first time in my life that i voted for a democrat for president like yes i know there are some things that she's not good on but like you know i i can take some of that with yeah. actually being reasonable as opposed to like cuz cuz the the republicans don't accomplish a whole lot of anything no. when they Yeah do.
1: i'd rather have the republicans out of there because it just it basically gives free market laissez faire economics a bad name because they don't practice it, but they preach it. I, I like that gabard pronunciation, dude. Makes her sound French.
0: Is that Sarah? I, I don't know.
1: I say gabard, but it could just be my Chicago A coming out. Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, Kennedy would be probably, yeah, her, and then Kennedy would be, yeah, like easily the most reasonable Democratic candidates. In my lifetime, they they really haven't run that many, um. Yeah, anybody that has like a even just I don't even know just like a a good head on their shoulder isn't just like a fucking complete socialist or just batshit crazy.
0: Right, because you always get Beto or Bernie Sanders, Hillary, you know, Kamala Harris. You you don't get you don't get anybody that's like actually sound or decent or has like any kind of an understanding of what just, you know, humanity in general goes through.
1: Yeah. Would you, would you rather, if, so if it was um, Kennedy and DeSantis were your two choices, who would you be voting for?
0: Oh, that'd be tough. Uh, I would, if if it was between the two of them, I would probably lean towards DeSantis because he tends to be better on guns and some of that kind of stuff. Um, but that would be that would be tough. I would have to really put a lot of I would have to put a lot of additional research and thought into like all of their overall policies, and also it would depend on uh, how the House and the Senate are looking looking to shake out. Like mm-hmm. RFK with a split Senate and a Republican controlled House, that's probably you're probably not going to get anything bad come out of that like it's probably going to be mostly either good or neutral um you know but then if it's rfk with a democrat controlled house and senate then i would probably rather have a republican in the white house in that case for for the executive order and veto power and stuff like that like there's it would there would be a lot of factors that came into play with that i mean if it's just straight up like trump biden you know 2020 rematch. It's Trump all day. Like, but if we're, if we're actually having real candidates running like RF are going to be the, the nominees like RFK and DeSantis, I'd have to actually like sit down and spend some time thinking about this and, and, uh, use my brain.
1: Oh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> oh man. I, I just, I can't wait for another, another Trump Biden rematch. It's just going to be so goddamn funny. And no matter who wins, we're going to have a fucking buffoon in the White House that just gives you endless amount of entertainment.
0: Hopefully, hopefully we do get Trump Biden rematch. And hopefully this time Trump does in the debates what he should have done last time and let Biden make an ass of himself. He uh, like he did in that CNN town hall, like be a counter puncher, like actually, actually work the crowd, work, you know, work your opponent, don't don't just sit up there and like yammer on and on, which was his downfall in 2020. Like he, he did not perform well in the debates 2016. What got him all of his like momentum was he had those great debate moments where it was just like, you'd be in jail and you know, the, the yeah, one liners, yeah. the, the counter punches. Yeah. Um, and then in 2020, he spent too much time talking and he, that's not his, that's not his yeah. strong suit. In
1: those you know, I, I think part of the problem was that he had a, he had a record in 2020 that he had to kind of defend, you know, and so he actually had stuff that he had to talk about, and, or he felt the need to talk about. I, I still agree; like the the right approach is to fucking just parry and counter. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, That's it. He felt the need. The he felt off the, the need
0: to defend his record. He didn't have to defend anything. All he had to do was stand up there and let Joe Biden make a fool of himself.
1: Yeah, but- just be like this. You want this guy? And and now, I mean, four years later, Biden has really fucking taken a a turn for the worst, and it's just going to be like a, a bunch of nonsense would would come out of. It. I don't care what they pump him up. Full of like any kind of fucking drug, unless it's that limitless shit that <laughs> uh, that stuff actually exists. Biden wouldn't have a fucking prayer of getting through an entire debate Ooh, without just.
0: They're, they're gonna give Biden the neural link, and that way they can have somebody speaking through him. Like they're gonna, they're just gonna tap in, and and they're gonna have uh, they're gonna basically it's gonna be Barack in the background, like all right so this is what and it's going to be barack's words coming out of joe biden's mouth and having yeah. linked linkedin
1: they better they better warp speed these uh human trials to get it, to get it ready for 2024 oh, did man. you see the
0: pictures going around the other day of uh so i have this theory that there are four different bidens they they have they have four different like uh Body doubles or lookalikes or whatever that they trot out for different like there's the walking around waving at people Biden there's the actual like up on a up on a podium giving speeches Biden there's the uh, signing papers and like public appearance Biden and then they've got another one that's just like an extra for if they got shit that they need to get done um, that's my theory and there are pictures where you can see like distinctly different like jaw lines or ears the eyes and and the eyebrow or the nose or the mouth or The hairlines are just a little bit different. I I feel pretty confident that there are four. Well, there were pictures going around the other day that was showing, like, um, it was, I can't remember what the event was that he was at, but he had a very distinct hairline. Like, there's a picture of him from the back, and then the next picture is from the very next day or he's like considerably more bald in the back and like the hairline's different. <laughs> like people are like, how, how does he have hair this day? But he had, or how did he not have hair this day? And then he has hair the next day. Like what's going on? It's kind of, it's kind of interesting which, to see these things.
1: Which one of the four is the one that sniffs kids uncontrollably? I think that's all of them. Huh? <laughs>
0: I think that's part of the requirement.
1: Yeah, it's like they have to keep it going to make sure that people don't catch on to the quadruple (laughs) Bidens. Make sure you sniff a kid every once in a while. Otherwise, they'll catch on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, before they start doing like the plastic surgery and everything to get them looking looking Biden-y enough, they're like, number one, are you cool with sniffing little girls' heads? Because if you're not, then this is going to be a no-go. Like, we (laughs) got (laughs) to...
1: Oh, God. Yeah. What what a fucking great time to be alive. <laughs> but yeah, the um it was a very interesting development to have DeSantis come out and do the announcement on Twitter. Obviously that backfired. I think the implication going forward, like they will get this sorted out. You know, this is a like you said, a huge goal for Elon. And it's sort of signaling a big shift away from the the cable news networks um so there's that and you know the technical difficulties i didn't think i mean i didn't think it was that big of a deal i know that's what the the media is picking up with and running with and that's what democrats are like hitting DeSantis with to me it was just the delivery of what he had to say it was just awful like he's really got to work on that he had no charisma whatsoever and just no drive no enthusiasm no enthusiasm it just seemed like he felt obligated to do that. Like somebody was forcing him to do it and he's just, all right, I'm going to read this speech and then hang up the phone.
0: I wonder. So, you know, there are people who are like really good at radio, like they have a good radio voice and a good radio personality. And then if you see them like at a live event somewhere in public, they're not as, they're not as great. Or they just, they're manner, they have like weird mannerisms or something like that. You know, there there are people like that, and then there are people who like most of what Ron DeSantis does. I think generally is uh, like on TV in front of people. Like he he's I think he's at least moderately decent at playing playing to a TV and playing to a crowd, uh, and and sparring with um, with reporters and stuff like that. And you know, maybe it's just one of those things that it's it's just the setting. Like like yeah. for podcasting stuff, like it takes a certain mentality to. To do solo episodes and you know to be able to to put together like decent content in in that kind of a way and, not, and you know there are a lot of people that um have even said like they'll they've tried to do solo stuff and it just doesn't work for them like they they can't do it um, and you know maybe it's one of those things with desantis like he's really good in a certain in certain settings and that was just not his that was yeah. not his thing
1: i don't like talking on the phone either <laughs> just yeah I, I think I'm better when I can see people and and be in front of them and and see their face and yeah so it, it could i it could i hope for his sake that that's the issue um yeah i was surprised at how bad it was like it was terrible it was a really bad um i don't even know what you call it but whatever he was have, trying to do it was terrible
0: have you ever been on one of those Twitter spaces like even if even if there are a bunch of people talking, it, it's still hard to, I don't know, for me anyway, only, it's hard to stay connected on one of those, <laughs> like, not, not like actual, like, internet connection connected or like, you know, that technical difficulties, but just like listening to people just talking on there, it's, I don't it's know, super it's not, boring.
1: Yeah, it's, it's boring to begin with, and you have to kind of force yourself to listen to it. And, yeah, it was just a really bad I, – I like the idea of moving the you know the public square to Twitter instead of having it on, like, Fox News or MSNBC or something like that. But, yeah, they got to do – Twitter spaces, I've never liked it really, and it's just – yeah, it's super boring. I don't know if he – like, even – you know, Donald Trump wouldn't have come across good on it either if it's just talking and there's no visual. It's just – yeah, it's a really bad uh, medium to do it on. So – Um, anyway, (laughs) uh,
0: potential presidential candidates. Uh, I think we talked about it the other day, the surprise that Newsom hasn't, uh, hasn't announced or anything. You want to talk about him going after target or, uh,
1: (sighs) yeah, I I was like, does this guy ever have a correct take on anything? (laughs) So if you listen to our last episode, we discussed the, um, the tuckable, the tuck friendly bathing suits at target and these, um, trans displays that they have all throughout their stores, that they're pushing this agenda onto your kids. Gavin Newsom felt the need to, you know, he took the pulse of the country and, uh, blasts this, the target CEO as a sellout because of his, uh, systematic attack on the LGBTQ community, because they pulled some of these displays and they moved them to the back of the store. It's unbelievable how out of touch these people are. I, I don't even know what what to say about him at this point, other than this is just the dumbest fucking take of all time.
0: I think it's I think it's amusing how much time Gavin Newsom spends like trying to blast everybody else, like going after the Twitter or the uh, Target CEO, going after Florida, and meanwhile you've got like literal shit tracking apps for san francisco you're uh what was it the state lost like 30 billion dollars i think the city of la lost some like eight billion dollars on some some crazy shit. like this the, the entire state is going bankrupt the biggest cities in the state are all just absolute hellholes. and he spends all of his time going after CEOs and talking shit about DeSantis in Florida. Like, dude, maybe maybe you should take a look at what's going on in your backyard.
1: Yeah, it's like the um, uh, Jordan Peterson, like clean your own room first (laughs) before you start trying to fucking come at other people. Like this is just, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, LA has turned into a fucking complete disaster and California in general, uh, people are fleeing that fucking country like never before, or that country, uh that state like never before. A lot of them are going to Texas and Florida. And yeah, his his uh he looks in the mirror and it, yeah, it's like that Simpsons meme with uh principal skinner, whatever it's like, hey, am I out of touch? No, <laughs> it's everybody else that's wrong. And uh this is the problem that the goddamn CEO is taking down the trans displays right before June pride month. This is, uh, this is unacceptable. It's like, really? That's your, that's your concern here. That's your takeaway from this. God damn, dude.
0: <laughs> it is, it is pretty. He's one of those like Twitter follows that I, I kept him like muted half the time and then I'll unmute him just to see what ridiculous shit he's saying. And, and it's, entertaining for a while and then it just gets to be grading again and so i have to mute him for like i can only take him him and david hogg like i, I have to do them in oh, small God. doses i can only yeah. i can only go for a little bit at a time before like all right i got i have to take a break from this yeah. stupid motherfucker
1: yeah. it's like if you want to know what the correct answer is to something or how you should feel about a certain situation listen to what those two fucking idiots have to say and the opposite is the correct position one hundred percent of the time, they are fantastic contrarian indicators. They're like the Jim Cramers of public policy.
0: Bill and Nina Turner. Oh God, she <laughs> she's another one. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I just I saw today she came out. Twenty five dollar minimum wage is popular.
0: Well, of course it yeah. is.
1: Yeah, we're unemployed. dollars yeah, would be even more popular. Fucking, it's it's incredible, man. I, I almost can't believe that these are real people <laughs> just like it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that and like they're like moderately successful in life, too. I mean, Gavin Newsom, I guess you could say, was very successful. I mean, granted, his dad was the, like the fucking CFO of Getty Oil or something. But um, yeah, it's like, how do they how do they actually have success in life? Not not that, that crazy? Yeah. Isn't
0: that crazy that his dad was like a CFO or something and Nancy Pelosi is his aunt. And like, you know, the 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 connections there, when you start looking at these family trees, it's like, holy hell. Um, like there I are there I are there, there, there's a <laughs> it's a small circle that has a very large stranglehold on like all of the most powerful and influential uh, aspects of like everything in this country.
1: I did. I was, um, I was scrolling through, I think it was Instagram, like, really late at night the other night. And I came across this this video. There's, like, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or what. I didn't look into this at all. But it was, like, some, like, 12-year-old girl did the fucking, um, like, the family tree of all, like, the, the fucking U.S. presidents. And every single one of them except for, like, one can be traced back to one fucking king a couple hundred years ago or something. It's like even Barack Obama had lineage tied to these people. I I guarantee you there's like no truth to that, but you actually have to like, (laughs) it's so fucking plausible now that you actually have to like think about it for a second because this is like the fucking, uh, like that's not true. I'm sure of it, but like something close to it is probably true.
0: They they probably all have been in rooms shaking hands together over over the last few hundred years at least.
1: Yeah, well, shaking hands or having some weird orgy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a bunch <laughs> of kids involved.
0: Ah, you want to close on something a little uh, a little lighter as we're getting close yeah. to an hour.
1: What do we got? Uh, well, here?
0: not not very much lighter, I guess. Lighter humor wise, but uh, weight wise. <laughs>
1: <it's>, uh, <laughs> Yes, discrimination against uh, plus size people. This was okay. I mean, I've been, I know I've been ranting about airplanes a lot lately because I've been booking a lot of flights. No, since there, you're
0: getting ready to travel, I thought we.
1: <laughs> yeah, odds of me getting stuck next to a morbidly obese person are strong, to quite strong. Uh, this is not a plus sized individual. This is a fat fuck. She can't fit through the guy. Like, can we just stop with the euphemisms? She weighs like 500 pounds. She can't fit through the fucking aisle on the plane. Her hips are like, like, can we play the video? Oh,
0: let me see if I can find
1: it. I think if you just, can you just slide, like swipe to the right or something? I think the video is like. Oh, hang on, there there it is.
0: Yeah, let me pull it back up.
1: Plus sized individuals. Yeah, plus 800 fucking pounds. (laughs)
0: Look, <laughs> she can she can barely fit turning sideways. Like yeah, when you're it, as it's... when you're as wide front to back as you are side to side, like that's problematic. You're <laughs> yeah. you are not in shape. You're just a shape.
1: She's a lot of different shapes, man. Her <laughs> her hips are like jutting out, like uh, like pantaloons or something. Like what the fuck is going on here? She is so goddamn big. And her big takeaway is uh, this is discrimination because I can't fit my fat ass through the airplane. So um, they need to they need to re-engineer these things, I guess.
0: Yeah, we need to completely strip down the entire air industry and rebuild all of the planes so that her fat ass can fit down the aisle.
1: Yeah, no, dude, put her in fucking steerage with the suitcases. (laughs) I don't know what else to do with something like that. I mean, she's like the size of a fucking grizzly bear. I can't even believe that we're the same fucking rate. Like, we're the same species. What the fuck? How do they like, and you see this a lot of times, like NFL players and stuff, like when you stand next to them, like, how are we the same fucking, how are we both humans? Like, some of these guys, they're like six, seven, 325 pounds. And, and those guys are like fucking all muscle and shit. She's uh, you know, she looked to be, I don't know, five, eight and six hundred and twenty five pounds or something like that. Crazy, crazy big, insanely big. And you need like society does not need to adapt to your proportions. You need to fix yourself. You are destroying (laughs) yourself. We're not going to start reengineering planes so that you don't have to squeeze through the aisle. Uh, and by the way, I think I, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast. I have some some ideas to make these uh, these flights a little more accommodating. You know, they they give you these weight limits for your suitcase. It's like, oh, your suitcase can't weigh more than like 30 pounds or something like that. They should weigh people with their fucking luggage. That's the way it should be, because her she gets the same amount of suitcase weight as I do getting on that plane. Whereas she she weighs probably 300 pounds more than I do, conservatively. <laughs> what do you think she was coming at? 450? She's a big gal.
0: She's very very large. I I would yeah. put it a-
1: She's probably she's probably anywhere from 250 to 300 pounds more than me. And we both get the same amount of luggage capacity? That's bullshit. Put her on the fucking scale with her luggage and then she has to buy the number of seat like, OK, so she's uh, three people over. You got to buy fucking four seats.
0: Well, that was another thing you saw some of these uh, overweight influencers who have been traveling by airplane complaining about having to, to pay for two or three seats because they can't fit in one. It's like that's I mean. Again, that's not that's the airline's
1: fault. That's, nobody Nobody forced the uh, sixth double cheeseburger down your throat the other day. And that was on you and your fucking big gulps and your lack of exercise. Like the, the, the biggest problem is that people like you and me get stuck sitting next to these people and their fucking lats are like spilling over. You're like sitting behind them and next to them at the same time. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that we have to suffer through that is bullshit absolute bullshit.
0: Well, and they, um, they all complain that they can't travel comfortably. Like, there's already very spacious and comfortable travel for people that size on the market. Like all you have to do is you know rent one.
1: And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put them in there with the fucking cattle. I, I mean, dude, she she probably weighs more than a cow. How much do cows weigh?
0: Uh, they, a good size is six to
1: 800 pounds. So, okay. Well, she's working her way up to that. She's
0: getting, getting there. Almost yeah. there. I mean,
1: almost there. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I have no fucking sympathy for these people. They they've done this to themselves. They've, they've spent their entire lives destroying their body. And now they're uh, trying to make us feel guilty for, we're not discriminating against them. It's just like the world cannot fucking accommodate people that big. It's just I don't think we could do it. It would just be absolutely ridiculous. Unless you want to st- start a big and tall airline, then like we do with uh, clothing, and then you know, there'll be like four seats on the plane. <laughs> uh, you know, that the, the the idea of having the rest of society bend to you because you've decided to live this unhealthy lifestyle and we have to call them plus size and tiptoe around pretend they're beautiful put them in fucking lingerie get the fuck out of here get out of here with this shit i'm not doing it (laughs) okay like i've had it with all of this pc bullshit not offending anybody no they need to be offended they need they should be fucking shamed into losing weight it'd be the best thing for them
0: the uh, the left wants to spend so much time talking about um, right wing violence and white supremacy and racism and hate crimes and gun violence and blah 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 all of this bullshit. Uh, heart disease and other weight relate like directly weight related health issues contribute to roughly two hundred deaths per 100,000 people. All of the other like racism, uh you know, hate crimes, shit like that, gun violence, it's less than 20 per 100,000. Like Man. why are we spending so much time trying to apologize for, apologize to normalize morbid obesity when that is killing literally 10 times more people per year than any of the horrible things that are like a scourge on on society like what uh, white supremacy is the number one threat to America right now, except that uh, it's really not like there's white supremacy is such a threat that they have to manufacture white supremacists out of fucking thin air and recruit them from uh, like cartels and stuff and find what looks like a potential jihadi suicide bomber to be the next uh, guy waving a Nazi flag. Like, It's just, it's
1: insane. The, The craziest thing is that they want people to take responsibility for things that they're not responsible for. Like apparently you and me are responsible for everything evil that white people ever did. And we need to take responsibility for it. We have this original sin attached to us. And then all these people that should be taking responsibility for their lifestyle choices that are directly responsible for the situation that they're in oh, we we can't expect them to take responsibility. It's not their fault. It's institutional this and it's society and it's this discrimination. And you guys did like, we have to take responsibility for them fucking up their lives. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy for these people. uh, You know, it's not good for them. It's not going to benefit them in any way. Telling a, a, a person who's 300 pounds overweight that there's nothing wrong with the, what they're doing or the way they're living? Uh, no. No, you're killing yourself. And you're going to die as, as a direct result a lot earlier than you normally would because of the, the lifestyle choices that you're making. So take some fucking responsibility for where you are. Like you're, you're 10, 15, 20 pounds overweight. It's like, okay, yeah, that's not that. Yeah, 300 fucking pounds overweight. That's uh, That's on you. And you had a, a a bunch of opportunities to write that ship. And people need to start taking responsibility for their lifestyle choices and, and stop pawning it off on people that have nothing to do with it.
0: Well, Johnny, the obese people are just helping to fight white supremacy because if you weren't aware, being in being in shape, going to the gym, working out, these are all Telltale signs of white supremacy.
1: Sorry. I heard that yeah, I also heard w- getting up early is yes. white supremacy and drinking coffee. White supremacy. Yes. Uh, along with obviously the, the the you know the clear one milk and peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly and uh whatever else that they were talking about years ago. Yes. Yeah, man, I'm so sorry, everybody. I'll try to be better. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Unfucking believable <laughs> that the clown I mean, world you- we're living in.
0: You've got the not getting up early part licked anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. I've been doing my best. <laughs> I actually stay up to the point where getting up early would be <laughs> like when you would do it, and then I go to bed. I'm getting the exact same amount of sleep as you. I'm just doing it in a much different, uh, much different time window. <laughs> you know, from 4:30 a.m. to 10 a.m. <laughs> <sighs> We should,
0: uh, we should probably do an episode on on uh, uh, self-destructive sleep habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's like everything that they, I was like, I have trouble sleeping. And they're like, well, like stop looking at a screen like an hour before you go to bed and don't have the TV on. Like I'll, I do all these things. Don't eat right before you go to bed. I do all that shit.
0: I, yeah. You know, I come okay. home from work and drink a big ass cup of coffee and then go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah oh man all right is that did we get to everything today i feel like i sent you some more stuff but
0: uh there I'm were a couple a other more. like little uh videos from instagram but it, it was uh I, I think i need to start like build so we talked about uh we had talked about previously a uh a different kind of a lead-in for the live stream which i'm gonna work on this weekend and, and have that ready for for next week's i think uh i think at least one of these little videos that you sent would would probably make for a good like tie in type of a thing that could be used during shows and stuff to add a little bit of a a little flavor to the live shows
1: yeah yeah I'm, I'm excited to to change it up a little bit for these it's gonna be gonna be a good time uh anything you got anything going on this weekend i think you uh, said not you this weekend no on
0: monday i will be doing a live stream monday afternoon with tyler yonke and tommy salmons so we're gonna be talking about um fathers Fighting the family court system and like child support, visitation, how some of that stuff works. And then on Wednesday, I'll be joined by Don the Pleb, Remzo Martinez, and Duke Chastain. And we're going to do part three of the, the Manly Men series. And we're going to talk about the military and the uh, kind of the direction that the military has gone in terms of masculinity over the over the years.
1: All right sounds like fun and we'll be back on tuesday most likely are you good on tuesdays or should we just no i'll I'll be good this upcoming tuesday
0: the past couple weeks have been weird with with school and work and stuff like that but uh kids are out of school i should be back on a good for tuesday routine
1: cool and uh the latest Substack article is out i put that out a couple hours ago you should go check that out um and if you haven't read the one, it's sort of tied to the one I did a couple months ago on the debt ceiling. So you might want to brush up on that before you read the one about default. And yeah, we'll link to everything in the description. Become a supporting listener of this show. And we'll get you into the, the happy hours. Could use a little more participation there. I don't know what's been going on the last couple of Thursdays. I think people are confused with the day. We're doing it on Thursdays now. And... <laughs> Join the private Facebook
0: group so you can get the meme streams and then I can hound you to come join us for the happy hours.
1: Yes, yes. And we'll uh, we'll work on getting some more uh, fringe benefits to those that are supporting this show as a nice thank you. We'll link to the Substack and everything. Do all that for us. We'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.